for his birth into this world, a time where we give thanks for the greatest rescue mission of all time. And to be honest, I don't know if it's that much different than what we usually do on Sundays. We often, we try to every Sunday talk about why Jesus came into this world. But during these next three Sundays after this one, we're going to use these next four Sundays in total and Christmas Eve to focus on why Christ came into this earth. And, and, and we're going to use this time to help us to avoid some of the distractions that are going on. We have so much that's going on. We have family, we have parties, we have end-of-year work deadlines and, and budgets to meet and things like that and, and all these other issues going on and it's easy to distract us from the real reason for Christmas. So we want to avoid that. And in order to do that, what we're going to do for this is we're going to be talking about what Christmas is all about. And we're going to be using, um, I don't know how many of you guys have ever seen a Charlie Brown Christmas? Who's seen it? Okay, great. For, the next, for this Sunday and for the next three Sundays and Christmas Eve, each week we're going to use a little clip from that movie, or not movie, show. And if you, so if you haven't ever seen it, go home and watch it. But you'll get a bunch of it when you come in here on Sunday mornings. But before we even get that far, we're going to start with something else today. We're going to start with the, another Christmas story. It's one of the, the greatest Christmas stories of all time. And it's about, about a boy named Ralphie. <laughs> this is Ralphie. And, and I want to tell you about Ralphie. Ralphie had one thing he wanted for Christmas. Ralphie had one thing, and he thought that if he had this one thing, so much in his life would change. And that one thing that he wanted was a Red Ryder carbon action 200-shot range model air rifle. And if you've ever watched that movie, he says it so fast every single time. But Ralphie told, told everybody about how he wanted this BB gun. He wrote about it to his teacher, he told his mom, and he even told Santa Claus. And every single person he told, told him what? shoot your eye out. But see, Ralphie wanted this gift. Ralphie believed that if he just had this one gift, it would change so much what was going on in his life. If you remember watching the movie, Ralphie believed that, that if he had this BB gun, he would have street cred. I mean, if you watch the movie, he comes walking, he's strutting around the house in his cowboy outfit, and, and then all of a sudden, the, the bad guys come to his house. And Ralphie cocks his little gun, has some chew in his mouth, and, which is probably bubble gum. But, but he looks out the back window, and he starts to protect his house with his Red Ryder carbon action 200-shot range model air rifle, which will be the last, that'll be the last time I say that. But he just thought, if I just had this gift, it would, it, would, it, would, it would make everything better. And then Christmas comes. And it's one, of, it's one of the images in my mind that when I think of Christmas, there's a couple Christmas trees that I usually think of, but this is one of them. When you watch this movie on Christmas morning, the two boys run down the steps, and then it, the, the movie shoots in and zooms in on their Christmas tree. And it's one of my favorite Christmas trees of all time. It has all these presents on there. There's the bowling ball and the green wrapper underneath. And, and there's all this stuff on there. And it's like that wow moment where you see all these presents. And they sit down with their family and they start to open all the presents. And Ralphie does not get what he wants at first. Matter of fact, he gets the opposite of what he wants. He gets that ugly bunny outfit. But then as the last, as all the presents have been had been opened, his brothers crashed out on the floor. His dad says, oh, there's one more gift back there. What? 
And he goes and he looks at it and he, he finds it and he, he rips it open and he gets this gift. And he takes this gift out in the backyard and he puts the, the, the pellets in it, he cocks it, and, the, and he aims it. And he fires at, at this little metal cutout. And, and it ricochets off the metal cutout and hits him right where? In the eye. You know, this is, is, is a, and, and so what he does is he comes, he concocts this, this wonderful little lie and he sells it to his family because he doesn't want to let everybody know that the gift had failed him. And this is what happens to us in real life. It might just be a movie, but it's symbolic of, of just about every desire we have. We often think that if I just had this one more thing, if I just had this one thing, how things would be so much different in my life. If I could just hit a game-winning shot, if I just had the right job, if I only had a little bit more money, if I had the best car, the right phone, the right girlfriend, the right boyfriend, and the list goes on. And then usually we get that, that gift that we long for and we find out what? That lets us down. It's not everything that we thought it was. Matter of fact, it probably usually causes us pain. But anyways... This is the same thing that we do with Christmas. We're going to watch this clip from a Charlie Brown Christmas here, and I'm going to explain the clip to us here. All right, so what we have with this first one, I don't know if you heard the quote that Charlie Brown said there was this, I like getting presents, gifts, and sending Christmas cards, and decorating trees and all that, but I'm still not happy. I always end up feeling depressed. Charlie Brown is right about one thing, and it's this, he doesn't understand Christmas. He's thinking of gifts, he's thinking of the music, the movies, the, the cookies, the hams, the parties, the ugly Christmas sweaters, the eggnog, the parades, and all the same things that I enjoy and love about Christmas. And he sees all these things, and yet he's depressed. It's because he's right, he said it, I don't understand Christmas. And that's what my response to him is, you don't understand it. When you think it's about the presents and the cookies and the gift giving and, and all those other things and the parties and, and taking pictures in your nice clothes to make it seem like everything is okay, then you're missing out. And not only are you missing out, something inside of you will be calling out because you'll know it. Let's pray, and then we're going to look at our text for the day. Dear Lord Jesus, would you speak to us through your word? May you, may you have your way in our hearts, minds, and souls. And may this text reveal to us what Christmas is all about. May it reveal to us your purpose for coming into this world and saving us of our sins. In your name we pray, amen. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 through 9. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of this air 
The spirit who now, the spirit who now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who was rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace that you have been saved, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. This isn't your typical Christmas text. Usually we sit around and we read about the birth of Jesus, so this isn't even close. However, it speaks to the reason for Christmas. It points to the meaning and the reason for Christ to come into this world. That The first verse says this, You were dead in your transgressions and sins. I want to give you a quick picture of what that means. Think about something for me. If you were to stop breathing and you became unconscious, could you revive yourself? Could you give yourself CPR? What if you were laying there dead and, and, and you needed those, those paddle things to be put on your chest and to zap you back? Can you do it yourself? No, it needs to be done by what? An outside source. It's, it's, it's the inability to save yourself. And that is what it is like with Christ. You know, it, it's what he does for us. You know, this text says that we're spiritually dead because of our behaviors, because of our wrongdoings, because of our sins. Notice it doesn't say, you were doing okay on your journey. You were almost there. It doesn't say, you know, you're not that bad. The purpose is because some of our works, we, we, we think this, some of our works aren't that bad, but really when Christ says, I came into the world, I came into this world for all of you because it says you were all dead in your transgressions and sins. The next verse even says that all of us also lived among them at one time. Paul is talking about himself in this text. Paul is saying, I was gratifying the, the, the cravings of our flesh. I was as well, he says, following its desires and thoughts. I think that describes each one of us. If, if we were to be honest, if, if we were to sit back and think of why Christ comes into this world, the reason Christ comes into this world is because of that line. Because I follow my sinful nature. Because I love to sin. I love to do that which is wrong. Am I wrong when I say that? How many of us sin, and in the moment we love the sin, and it's not until later on when the guilt comes that we know what we did was wrong, right? So why does Christ come into this world? Why, does he, why was he born? Because of our cravings, because of our lust that kills us, our love for what is wrong. We deserve death because of what we've done. And then and when we go about this life and we live in, it's kind of like Charlie Brown in the show, you know, when he's walking around and he just says, you know, I, I'm just not happy. This stuff isn't fulfilling me. And that's like our lives as well. I think we walk around, especially when I see those who walk around without Christ, 
There's a brokenness, an emptiness, a loneliness. There's, there's something that shouts and declares from within them that something's not right, and it's why there's always a need for something more. It's why there's never contentment. That's why you always feel like it's broken. And this is, why Charlie, this is the way that Charlie Brown felt about Christmas. Christmas was just another day. It was a facade. It, 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 was, it was, I mean, think about it. It's kind of weird. We have a tradition, tradition of putting bulbs and lights and flowers on a tree. We take that which is outside and alive, we cut it down and kill it, we bring it inside our house, and we decorate it, right? The silly things we do to fill the gaps in our lives, to fill the voids that, 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 that thrive inside of us. There's something in there that's missing, Charlie Brown says. It's the happiest time of the year and something's wrong, he says. And that's the other thing about this. We keep speaking of this, this happiest time of the year and we speak it and we sing it. And there's a, there's, a, there's a song up here. Do we have the lyrics for the song? Oh, go back one more. Right there. It's a little small, so I'll read it to you. The most wonderful time of the year. It's the most wonderful time of the year with the kids jingle belling and everyone telling you, be of good cheer. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It's the hap-happiest season of all with those greeting cards and gay happy meetings. When friends come to call, it's the hap-happiest season of all. There'll be parties for hosting, marshmallows for toasting, caroling out in the snow. There'll be scary ghost stories. I don't get that one. <laughs> I'm sure there's a reason for it. And tales of the glories of Christmas long, long ago. It's the most wonderful time of the year. There'll be much mistletoeing and hearts will be glowing when loved ones are near. It's the most wonderful time of the year. And it pitches this idea of this ultimate happiness. But my question for you is this. What about when it's not that wonderful? What about when, when there isn't caroling and when there isn't marshmallows for toasting? And what about when, when there isn't hearts glowing? And what about when there isn't someone to be doing much mistletoeing with? What about it? What about when it's not the ha happiest time of the year? Happiness is a feeling that people place as a goal. I hear it all the time. I just want to be happy. And I think it's a lie. When someone says they just want to be happy, I know what that means. That, mean, that means that they're going to switch the goalposts of what makes them happy five minutes later or as soon as they receive that which they thought would make them happy. Adam and Eve had it all. They lived in the garden. They had everything given to them until one day Satan comes along and says to them, hey, you might have it all, but if you really want to be like God, then go do the one thing he told you not to do and they go and do it. There's something inside of us that always longs and always wants something more. They think that by getting it, um, they can be happy. And this means that we make being happy accomplishable. We, we think that being happy is something that we can accomplish daily. It's a feeling. It's a feeling. What do we know about feelings? They come and they go. Right? Tacos make me happy. I said this a couple weeks ago. 
But if I have tacos every day, I get annoyed by them. I love my wife. Every single day. But there are times when, when, when maybe she doesn't make me as happy on that scale and vice versa, right? Come on. Like right now, she said, no. I'm not against being happy. I'm not the Christmas Grinch who doesn't want you to, who, who wants you to have a boring life. I just want to warn you of a false god called happiness. If happiness comes in the form of any gift not named Jesus, you're going to be like Charlie Brown, left empty, left lacking, left not understanding the meaning of Christmas. But thankfully, there's good news. And this next part of the text is what Christmas is all about. It's the reason Jesus steps into this world. Verse 4 says, But because of his great love for us, God's great love for us, who is rich in mercy, meaning even when we don't deserve it, even while we're still at the other end of the spectrum from him, even though we're far from him, not wanting him, doing the exact things he doesn't want us to do, he loves us. And he gives us a gift. How many of you love like that? How many of you, in the midst of when your kid is in the middle of rebelling against you, give him a blessing? Huh? How many of us, raise your hand, when your kid is being told, hey, you know that's wrong, stop doing it, and your kid's doing it, and looking at you while they're doing the thing wrong, then turn around and say, oh, here you go, here's a gift. That's not in our nature, is it? But this is, is who God is, and that while we were dead in our sins, it is by grace that he saves us. And God, God sends Christ to, to live amongst us. God in his great love, who is rich in mercy, did a work for us and in us. He sent Jesus Christ into this world to live like we live, to face what we face, to be tempted like we are tempted, to be rejected like we've been rejected, but to die a death unlike one that we will ever face. One that we will never know. Jesus Christ steps into this world, and that is what Christmas is all about. That is what the gift is. The gift is what he gives to us. Verse 8 says this, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourself. It is a gift from God. Did you hear that? It's not one from yourself. It's not something you can do. It's not something you can accomplish. If you, we could go back to the beginning of, of, of when I started to speak on this and I said, imagine if you were unconscious and you needed CPR. Could you give it to yourself? Could you shock yourself? No. You couldn't revive yourself. That's why Christ comes into this world. And not only does he come into this world, he comes in this world to forgive us of our sins and he even goes farther than that and he says, I want you guys to be I want to be one with you. And, and he invites us to the table of communion. He, he says, I am going to take your sin and I am going to give you and give to you my righteousness. Not something we deserve, 
but something that we're freely given. That is the gift we get in Christmas. So with that, let's take communion together.